I'm Ben Forrid. I'm Austin Letcher. And I'm Alyssa Mendel. And this is Chordscast. This podcast is created by the team at the Coordination of Rare Diseases at Sanford, or CORDS for short, which is a rare disease registry working to tie together patients and researchers, no matter their condition and no matter where they are in the world. In these episodes, you'll hear interviews with scientists, physicians, rare disease patients, and advocates, along with updates on our registry and ways that you can get involved. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Chords Cast. My name, as always, is Ben Forrid, and it's a pleasure to be here with you today. I am recording today from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where we are experiencing monsoon esque type thunderstorms. And so, if the occasional clap of thunder comes in, uh, please pardon the interruption. The show must go on, as they say. This episode is coming out on July 1st, which is uh, for those of you residing in the United States. Uh, very close to our Independence Day. So I wish all of you a very safe and happy 4th of July. Um, also coming up here in July on the 13th here at Sanford Research, we will be hosting a uh, Global Genes and Every Life Foundation uh, event called Rare on the Road. Um, this is a really cool road trip that they take around the country to different regions and they put on um, they're kind of like these mini leadership boot camps where you learn um, learn about you know running a patient organization or being an active member in one. Uh, you also hear from the Every Life Foundation a lot of awesome ways that you can get in touch with your representatives and uh, make sure that your voice is heard, um, not just um, in the rare disease community, but in the in, in the halls of Congress uh, and making sure that we pass legislation that. Um, helps families with rare conditions instead of um, providing even more challenges. And so um, there's there's a lot of really cool information that's going to be shared. If you're anywhere within driving distance of Sioux Falls, um, I highly, highly encourage you to go check that out at raretour.org um, and register. Uh, come join us. I'll be there uh, and I'll be more than happy to show you around our research facility. So um, check that out. If you can make it, that'd be awesome. This episode's a little bit different than our normal MO for this podcast. Instead of um, sitting down with an advocacy organization or a researcher, um, Austin and I spent some time with uh, someone from our hospital administration, from our, our health information management group. Um, and I think you know a big reason that we decided to interview the HIM department is because uh, we hear a lot from folks that we interact with on a regular basis that a big challenge is that you're seeing more than one provider. Um, you're getting diagnosed multiple times, um, unfortunately, oftentimes incorrectly. You're seeing different specialists or maybe having a bunch of different lab tests done at different facilities, and uh, that complicates things. And so when you encounter the task of trying to put together a, a cohesive and all-encompassing medical record. It can seem daunting, and I think for a lot of families who are already strapped on time and energy, um, that's just something that seems impossible 
And so what we wanted to do with this episode is just showcase uh, the types of uh, opportunities or the types of professionals that work in healthcare that uh, are solely there to make sure that your needs are met and that they can provide as good a service as they can in um, making sure that the healthcare records that they're required to manage are both accessible and um, interpretable uh, for you, the the owner of that data. And um, so we, Austin and I hung out with uh, Jamie Hoosier from Sanford Health's HIM department. And this is a really information-packed episode. Um, you're going to learn a lot. And uh, we were just so happy to be able to sit down with her and, um, and shed some light on um, what's otherwise kind of a, um, a confusing or difficult story to navigate. So um, I hope that you bust out a paper and pen and take lots of notes and enjoy. Everybody. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, this is Ben Ford here, and I'm with Austin Letcher and Jamie Hoosier, uh, our Director of Health Information Management at Sanford Health. Um, and it's an interesting uh, concept for a lot of people to kind of uh, wrap their head around, um, especially in the rare disease community. One of the biggest challenges folks have outside of dealing with their medical conditions is organizing and keeping track of complex medical records. And this is something that, um, that I've been kind of getting to know a little bit better over the past uh, few months is how, how, how does a hospital system keep track of all of the medical records? Um, certainly there's requirements and things that go into it, but we've invited Jamie to sit with us today to kind of talk about um, some best practices that folks could follow and um, maybe some, uh, some tips and tricks on how you can um, combine things, maybe even if you have records at different hospitals um, across the place. So um, thanks, Jamie, so much for joining us. Um, could you maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself, a little background professionally? Um, sure, what you've done? sure, I'd be happy to. I'm excited to be here today to share some information on what health information management and medical record professionals can do for our patients at Samford. And, you know, to share some tips and ideas to help get you thinking about when you need a copy of your medical record, how to go about that process, and some ideas um, on some thoughts of how to maintain that information and keep track of it for future use. I've been with Sanford for over six and a half years working in health information management, and we work with a variety of things uh, related to medical record chart completion, management, making sure your information is accurate, stored in a private manner. And then I also work with the cancer registries here at Stanford and how we collect those cases. Uh, so I'm excited to share some ideas and thoughts about this topic today. Yeah, thank you. So let's start big picture um, and then kind of zone in on, on some of the topics as they pertain to rare disease patients in particular. So health information management is an entire field of healthcare um, that doesn't get a lot of credit. I mean, this is kind of the, the real behind the scenes stuff, mm -hmm. you know, coding and stuff like that. Um, can you tell me like, what does that, what does that mean? Health information management? How does that, 
Um, you know, what, what can you distill that down to? Sure. I think the simplest way to think about that is um, it's a team of professionals that are working at the healthcare facilities, um, overseeing and watching your health information. You know, like I was saying earlier, making sure your medical record is complete, all the documentation is there after you've had a visit. Um, and we are a resource for you when you want copies of your medical record. Um, call in and ask for the Health Information Management Department. A lot of times it's also referred to as a medical records department. That's more of a dated sure. term, but it should still get you in the right place. Um, so from a patient perspective, you can think of us as a customer service area to help you get a copy or access to your medical records, whether that be in paper or electronically. Um, but like you said, they're really a behind-the-scenes team working to make sure your information is there when your healthcare providers need it. And as you go on to have other visits, that that information is available to them as well. Sure. Yeah, it's one of those um, things where you, people think that they go to their doctor and their medical record goes into a chart and it's somewhere <laughs> you know in there where, where it's removed from them. But I think an important thing for folks to realize and recognize is that you, you own your own health data, um, and you should have access to that, and you do have access to it. Um, it's just sometimes it needs to be demystified. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a great point. I think, you know, something really important to know is that information belongs to you as a patient. That is your information to have access to. And the federal government, when they introduced HIPAA several years ago, um, and they continue to drive home this point and, and help uh, make that known out to patient community is that that information is yours. Mm -hmm. um, the facilities, they own the record as a business record. Uh, so when you come in to get copies of your medical records, you're not going to get originals because you want your healthcare provider to keep that original information. Um, that's an important business record for them for continuation of care, documenting the care that was provided, uh, supports coding and billing and other practices. But it is very important, I like that point, the information does belong to the patient and you have the right to access that. And that's what HIPAA helps guarantee us as sure. a patient. Awesome. It might be interesting to, um, correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, Jamie, but your medical record doesn't always exist in one spot too, right? It's, it could be in several <laughs> different departments at any given time. Is that right? Right. You know, I think most facilities now have a, a medical record where it, um, you know, compilates into one medical record. So mm -hmm. while different departments may be working in different modules, part of what the health information management team will do, if that's still in paper, will bring that information together from the departments for storage in one chart per se. Otherwise, with our electronic systems now, um, a lot of that will feed into one patient medical record. Uh, so that's that's improved a lot as we move more towards electronic records, mm -hmm. that it is in more of a central repository. I think what gets to be a challenge is when you move to providers in different healthcare systems. You mm -hmm. know, um, while it's getting better that we can have exchange of information, there's still a ways to go out there um, in the broader community. So if you go to one facility and they have one system, and then you go to another facility with a different, different um, medical record system, they may or may not talk to each other. So right. then you're keeping track in two different systems. I right. think that that is definitely a challenge. Is, is there a, an easy way, you know, I, we talk about things going digital and, mm -hmm. and in the past, all of this stuff was 
was coded and done on paper mm-hmm. and physicians physically signed things and all of that. And now it's, it's much more electronic and um, automated. Um, when you think about access, does that, does that improve access in scenarios where you have people seeing a physician at one hospital system and then going to see a specialist at another? Um, is it easier to compile those records for, as a patient? You know, it's, it's getting easier, but you really have to think from a patient perspective of what's going to work for you to manage that information. Um, you know, a lot of providers now have portals that you can get set up with access to. Uh, so you can get an account for one portal, and then if the next provider also has a portal, um, you can get set up with that. But hopefully, um, you know, so that would allow you to have access to some information electronically. The one thing you want to visit with your provider is ask them, what are they releasing out to those patient portals? How much detail are they giving you? Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's pretty common for lab values and visit summaries, uh, some other test results. Yep. But what you want to encourage your provider to do is release as much as possible to you that way. You know, if you have an inpatient stay, can you get your operative report, discharge summary and consultation reports, uh, specific tests that you may have done, and you may have to put in a, an authorization request for that and then ask to see if they can release that to you through the portal. Mm-hmm. So then you can have it available electronically. Um, and then as you go to a different provider in a different system, you could you know, be able to either share that information with them electronically or mm-hmm. send it to them. Um, you know, it's just really having a discussion with the providers or calling and asking that HIM department or medical records department, hey, what, what could work? I'm coming to you for a visit. Yeah. You know, I need to bring some records. What, what works best at your location? You know, if you come in with a flash drive, um, they may be hesitant to plug that into their <laughs> right. network, right. you know, but if there's some way you could bring them a file or, you know, good old paper, you know, right, I mean, we're right, trying to yeah. be more and more electronic and digital, you know, if you're coming in for a visit, does it make sense to bring some paper in, you know, you know, the provider's going to be able to review it right there. Um, they may want to scan it into their medical record for future use. So I think if you're going to a provider and it makes sense, you know, bring a copy, they may sure. want to keep that long term uh, to study and review for future visits. But I think, you know, just talking to your provider and saying what works the best. Don't be afraid to ask those questions. Um, The other thing is too, there's health information exchanges out there. Uh, The state of South Dakota has one where we can log into the state HIE and see if a patient has medical records where they've had visits um, in the state for participating organizations. So, you know, ask your provider you're going to see, do you have access to the health information exchange? Are you able to get some of my records that way? Um, you know, I think the more that patients ask their providers what they're doing in that regard, you know, that'll help providers be active right. um, in the digital exchange. So medical records, does that include everything, even like the imaging? I mean, I imagine some of those imaging files might be kind of tough to mm-hmm. exchange. Uh, how, how does that work? Yep, usually what your medical record is going to retain and keep as part of the business record is a physician's interpretation. Mm-hmm. So when you have an x-ray done and they um, study that x-ray and dictate or type in a report mm-hmm. into your medical record, the, the report or their interpretation is what's going to live in the medical record. But there's always, uh, they call them PAC systems or archiving systems that'll keep those images. Um, so if a, a provider in another 
location wants to see that x-ray or that image, mm -hmm. you know, they can request that that be exchanged and then that can be worked out. Um, but your medical record is going to be that interpretation of that report of what the provider sees or the radiologist determines. Um, and a lot of times, like with cardiovascular tests and genetic tests, what you're going to find in the medical record is kind of the summary and the findings. Sure. Um, yep. So images and those things usually live outside the legal medical record. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. That's good information to know. Mm -hmm. I think we have a lot of partners that and, and patients that, you know, uh, try to get access to their uh, imaging the files, files. Yeah, yeah, like the x-rays yeah. and, yep. and that sort yep. of thing. And I think when, you know, that's something that may be needed by a referring provider that you may be going to see or a specialist, you know, call and talk with that HIM department and say, I'm going to this, um, whatever kind of doctor, he wants to see my actual radiology images. Um, and a lot of times those systems can send them back and forth, but it may take the HIM department getting the radiology team involved to help make mm -hmm. that happen. Sure. Mm -hmm. So one other tip and thing I have um, is when you know you're going to go on for care, you know, and you need to send, going to need to send records on or you want to take some records with you, you know, try to plan out as much time as possible when you're requesting records so that the HIM department will have enough time to prepare the information you need and get it ready in time. You know, we know too that there's sometimes you're having urgent appointments or uh, you got referred in tomorrow, luck would have it, you can get in with this provider because um, they had an opening or whatever it may be and they want some records. You know, the, the provider's office can call and the providers can talk mm -hmm. to each other and get records sent back and forth amongst yeah. each other. Um, or you can call and let the department know I need the stat. I was able to get in for an appointment. You know, HIM department should be a customer service focus, knowing how sure. valuable that information is to you and what that can mean when you're going on to a new provider so things don't have to be repeated and that new provider has a full picture of your um, health history. Yes. So they're going to try to do what they can to help meet that need. Yeah, that's that's one thing that we hear a lot of is that you see a different doc at a different mm -hmm. different place. You run the same tests, and, yes. and that's and that redundancy is yeah. something that um, we hear a lot of talk about. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's interesting to me. Each hospital system, I presume, would have kind of their own HIM department. Yes, yes. And, and Every department or clinic, um, they should have someone responsible for your medical records, overseeing sure. them. So yep, they're... And they all play well together. You should, <laughs> they you should, should, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think as a, as a um, profession, you know, we try to work together knowing that our primary purpose is protecting and, and watching over that information for the patient, um, mm -hmm. along with the provider, knowing we want to make sure they have what they need when you come into sure. the in for a visit. So um, generally, there's a good support system. We've talked a lot about what patients can access and and you know what what that's good for, but I don't think we've really talked about how they actually do that. Can, Mm -hmm. I'm sure all these HIM departments have different forms and everything is yeah. just a little different. But and 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 what's it cost? I mean, yeah, I think that's yeah. another thing. Do you have to pay to get your own data back out? You know, yeah, you... those are good questions. Um, you know, the the general process is you know every location or every facility or system may have a, a little different twist on it. But generally, what you're going to find is when you um, you know, get directed to the people you need to visit with about getting a copy of your medical record. There's an authorization form um, that you're going to be requested to fill out. You'll put in some identifying information, and then there will be a section on that form of what do you want. 
And this would be the time to really think through what you want. Um, you know, is it uh, test results? You know, is it a radiology lab, pathology, cardiovascular test? Um, is it provider notes? You know, the history and physical or visit summaries, a discharge summary. Um, is it a procedure note, something you had done? Um, you know, what, what message do you want to take to that next physician or what do you want to keep and have a permanent copy for yourself? Um, dates are helpful if you know I want the information from these particular stays on these dates um, or from this time frame. You know, put that on the form. Um, you know, usually they have a box to check any and all. And I'm going to tell you that'll probably be pretty overwhelming mm -hmm. if you get any and all of your medical records. They'll have a lot of nursing notes and mm -hmm. things that may or may not be as helpful to you, but that's up to you to decide. You know, so if you can be thoughtful on your request, that'll get you the best information. And I think also asking the HIM department, you know, just ask them, hey, this is what I'm thinking. What sh how should I fill this out? They should help you. Um, most sites have that form available on their website. Mm -hmm. So if you do a little searching, you can get it and take a look at it. Um, as far as cost goes, um, ask your provider. They are able or they are allowed to charge a reasonable and cost um, based fee. So ask your provider, um, this is the information I want. This is the format I want it in. Do I want it electronically? Do I want it in paper mm -hmm. on a file? You know, will there be a cost with that? And so sure. just ask them that question. Uh, there's some systems that do not charge your patients for their copies or to get access. So ask them what that'll be. And they should be able to give you that idea or estimate ahead of time or let you know that there is no charge. So just out of curiosity, are, are, which side are we on? What does Sanford do? do Sanford we... is very, um, I mean, I'm very proud of Sanford. We don't charge our patients for copies of their medical records. Ooh, that makes me feel um, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we just recognize the value, and I think it's a great testament to our organization that we know that how important that information is when you're going on and, and wanting to have a copy of your records. Really quick, uh, you know, back to the forms. If a patient has forms in multiple different hospital systems, does that mean they have to fill out multiple, or excuse me, multiple records in different mm -hmm. hospitals? Yeah. Do they have to fill out multiple forms, or is it kind of a one-size-fits-all that you guys help manage, or is it somewhere in between? It's, it's probably, um, you know, if you are going to go, let's say you have three providers, you're going to go to each of your providers and say, I want a copy of my medical records, um, you're likely going to have to fill out three forms. Um, because everybody kind of likes their own form. Um, the one thing about Sanford is we're a system, and you know if you're at, you're going to maybe five different Sanford locations. It's one form, and then we have a centralized release team, and they can get you all your copies for Sanford locations. Sure. But if you know going to specialists and that are you know solo or not affiliated mm -hmm. with the system, it's likely going to be different form or a very similar form, but different forms. Sure, that's good to know. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we <clears throat> encounter a lot in the rare disease space, and I think this is um, across all, all rare diseases, mm -hmm. um, because, because of their nature, because there aren't very many people that have them, mm -hmm. misdiagnosis is a big challenge. And <clears throat> I think the stat that I heard most recently is that most most folks go through four or five misdiagnoses before they actually find their, their actual diagnosis, which in in my mind translates to 
at least four or five different appointments with different mm-hmm. doctors or different specialists to try to nail down what's what's done. And there's a lot of lab testing that goes on in there, genetic testing and things. Um, so I think I think this diagnostic odyssey that people go on often involves different institutions and mm-hmm. and different things um, over a long period of time. So is there a cap or, or a, a a limit on how far back you can request uh, data from, and and if you're going to see a new doctor, how far back should you get records yeah. from? You know. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, and what you'll find is how long providers or healthcare organizations need to keep their medical records is dictated by state law. Um, usually, that's from your last date of service, and that unfortunately, state laws vary in that regard. Mm-hmm. So there's no consistency. You know. A, 10, 20, 25, I would say, are pretty common for states. However, an organization can choose to keep their medical records longer. You know, if you have a strong research component at your healthcare organization, you may want to keep your records longer because you may be doing some studies and that kind of thing. But that really is going to depend on the provider. Um, And then with minor patients, that information is kept um, until the patient reaches the age of majority, plus a couple of years after that. Again, that's going to be dictated by your state law. So I think, again, you're probably going to be having to ask your provider, you know, how far back do you have my medical records? How far back can I get them? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a few things to keep in mind with that is providers are more and more electronic. That long-term retention becomes much easier, mm-hmm. easy to keep information stored out somewhere yeah. in outer space, <laughs> um, you know, for a longer period of time. But even as at some point, that'll have to be dealt with as well. And two, we've seen providers where they transition to new electronic medical record systems. Sure. So, you know, as they've done that, hopefully they've thoughtfully um, kept that information or converted it or have a way to go back into their old system and get your information yeah, out. Kind of an archive. Yeah, you know, one analogy we thought of is like, oh, you used to why put a VHS tape in your video <laughs> player or even a DVD. I don't know when the last time I even watched a movie on a DVD, right. you know, or streaming. Mm-hmm. So you think if your information was on an older system, right. you know, can they still get access to that um, yeah. and make that transition? And another thought of how far back can I go, you know, if you've gone to a provider who retires or moves to another organization, um, generally your medical records will stay with that facility. Sure. Um, and a lot of places you should get a notification to say this provider is retiring or he's moving on. You know, if a provider is actually closing, you know, they should be contacting their patients and letting right. you know how can you get a copy of your medical records or what's going to happen to them. Sure. I heard you guys mention a couple things that I'm, uh, you know, connecting a couple dots here that uh, I think would be important for patients and participants mm-hmm. to hear about. One, Ben, you were mentioning genetic testing, mm-hmm. and uh, Jamie, you mentioned research. I think mm-hmm. a lot of our participants are interested in accessing their genetic testing, if not their whole genome, yeah. and uh, accessing that data. Is that something that? an HIM department could work with, or is, is it something that they have to work with the third parties? I mm-hmm. mean, do you know anything about that? Yep, usually that would be a discussion when you're requesting your records. Um, you know, at Sanford, we incorporate the genetic test result into, you know, the, the summary or the information that comes back into the medical record. Um, but that would just be a question to ask, you know, what do you have in my medical record? I know I had this genetic test done. Um, you know, do you have those results available? 
you know, and hopefully they're incorporating them into their medical record system. Um, but that would be a question to ask when you're filling out your form and letting them know that specifically what you're looking for, um, you know, and having that discussion. Yeah, I think that's really valuable information, especially for researchers that, that yeah. we've found. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people want to report that information themselves, and it's a way for researchers to, you know, verify that diagnosis since so <laughs> many people are misdiagnosed so often with rare diseases. So yeah. that's important information for people to know. 80% 80, 80 of all rare conditions have a genetic component to mm -hmm. them. And so being able to understand kind of what's what that patient looks like on a molecular level is an mm -hmm. entirely new new tool. It's kind of a new era mm -hmm. for sure. um, for research and healthcare too. Yeah. So. Yep. And I think, you know, one thing about kind of thinking about the complexity and the amount of medical records a rare disease patient and family might have you know, as I was thinking about, you know, what's the best way to help keep track of this, you know, really if it's even as simple as um, having some kind of a health history log or timeline, you know, it can be simple as keeping it in a notebook or on a spreadsheet or on your iPad or whatever system where you can keep a timeline. And some things that you would want to think about including, um, you know, is when you have visits, and it could even just be clinic visits or hospital visits, you know, taking time in a, a notebook or whatever system works easiest for you to log. I had this visit with this provider, this specialty, and this was the purpose. You know, just jotting those notes down so when you, um, you know, as you go throughout different visits, you can kind of look back and say, oh, I've had six visits for this mm -hmm. or seven visits. You know, at least you have the most basic timeline available to you. And then if you decide, oh, I want to get those medical records or a provider looks at that with you, you know, they can quickly say, hey, let's get these medical records. Those look important to yeah. me because, oh, I can see you tried this medication or you had this procedure done or this test done. You know, even if in a, some kind of a timeline, you can just jot those basic things down. You can always go back and request the medical records. Sure. You know, because you think about carrying around binders or files, but if you could at least maintain, you know, some kind of a timeline. And, you know, sometimes you think, oh, I'm going to make this elaborate spreadsheet and keep it up. Um, you know, keep it simple. I yeah. would say, you know, who and when and where and what was the purpose and maybe what was any significant outcomes. Um, especially if you tried a medication or treatment and it didn't work or it had an un, you know, bad mm -hmm. outcome for you, right. um, jot that down because then you don't have to go through that again. Sure. You know, but even if it's simple of keeping a log, I think when you're going through stays and, and having a lot of visits, um, it gets pretty overwhelming to try to remember back, who did I see last year? Mm -hmm. What was that purpose for? It kind of runs together. Mm -hmm. um, so keeping a log and also using those patient portals. If you can log in and kind of look at your visit history and the providers you're seeing have that, that's a great tool for you. Sure. Um, and two, if you can't remember, call and try to ask for their HIM and medical records department and they can help you oh, you had these three or four visits or whatever it might be. Right. Well, this has been an excellent discussion. Um, I've learned a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think this is a, a valuable resource for the folks in the rare community. Um, mm -hmm. uh, like I said before, I think, I think that the HIM department is, is a resource, um, and uh, it's something that should be looked at as a, um, an avenue for you to get 
what's yours, mm-hmm. uh, your, your health information, um, and have a record of that to, to keep in your own files as mm-hmm. well. Uh, before we before we stop, um, do you have any last minute advice or any 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 tidbits or parts of wisdom that you would give a person yes. with a rare condition, especially? Yeah, you know, a couple of things uh, that I thought of as we were um, visiting is that how I don't don't believe we talked about how long it can take to get a copy if you come in and request a copy oh, of your sure. records. Um, Per the HIPAA privacy rule, providers have 30 days to get you a copy of your records and they can request one extension, but they need to notify you that, well, we're not going to get this in 30 days. Here's when you can expect it. Now, hopefully most departments are working to have a quicker turnaround time. Um, But, you know, until we're fully able to exchange electronic information more seamlessly amongst our community, um, you know, it does take some time and those departments are, are busy but you know try to plan ahead and give as much notice as possible but we know things came up like I said and you may have a more of an urgent request so just call and ask if that could be bumped to the top of the list and sure. that information can be sent over um, you know so so just have a good discussion and, and help that department understand what you need um, and they can hopefully work with you on that um, but I did have kind of my top five tips, um, Ooh, you know, okay. to, to kind of help um, <laughs> as we close up, you know, what, what I think might be helpful um, is the first one, just know and understand you have the right to access and get a copy of your information. Um, you know, don't hesitate to ask for that. Don't, you know, if it feels intimidating or you're nervous about it, just, you know, remind them or, or take a look at their um, notice of privacy practices and it should outline in there that you have, you can get a copy of your information. Um, as a patient, you may be charged a fee, but you know, ask about that. Keep in mind some providers don't charge fees. Uh, so just ask about that when you're filling out your form and, and letting them know what you're looking for. Ask that HIM or medical records department for help. You know, they're they're there to to watch over your information and help you get a copy of that. Um, as we were talking about, use an easy process to track your health history or mm-hmm. timeline. Um, you know, think of what um, what would be easy for you to maintain and keep up, um, and, and find a system that works for you. At least those significant things as you go throughout the healthcare journey. Um, I think that's helpful as you get referred on. Those providers can take a look at that and understand what they want to learn more about. Um, and then, when requesting a copy of your record, you know. Keep it focused on what you want or what the, your next provider may want, you know, what's going to be most helpful for you. And it can be pretty overwhelming. So, you know, talk with that HIM team and say, this is what I'm looking for. What should I put on my form? Yeah. What, what's going to be most helpful? Um, and then the other thing I wanted to mention, too, with, um, you know, thinking of children. And when you go in and request a copy of medical records for your child, um, you know, you may need to confirm you're the parent and share some information. But if you have a guardianship or some other uh, shared parenting or foster parenting situation, you may be requested for that documentation to support your relationship. Sure. So kind of keep that in mind. Um, and as your child with a rare disease um, reaches the age of majority, but you're still going to be making those healthcare decisions, mm-hmm. depending on their capacity, um, you may need to have some, you know, be their court court appointed decision maker. Yeah. Just to kind of be thinking about that too, as your child may reach that age of majority, um, is there some legal documentation you have to have in place? 
to make healthcare decisions and get copies of that information as well. Right. No, so. that's, that's excellent advice. Yeah. And, I, and I, I think you said something earlier in the conversation that's kind of stuck with me that um, folks should think of this HIM department mm-hmm. in their hospital as, as a customer mm-hmm. service, as a, a, a group that's there to help you. Mm-hmm. And so while it can be challenging or um, I think overwhelming is an mm-hmm. understatement for people to think about their medical records or their child's medical records, mm-hmm. um, really lean on these folks uh, and um, make sure that you're asking them um, just the straightforward questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're here to help you. Yep. Uh, so yep. That's, Yep, I think so. I think that is definitely, um, and as we share more electronically, you know, asking your provider, encouraging them to participate in those exchanges. You know, there's a lot of security and privacy protections in place um, to help all that happen in a secure way. And that when they're releasing information through the portal, it's meaningful to you, Um, not just lab results. There's a lot more to it. And, (laughs) you know, you want to see more information. Um, So, yeah, just having those discussions and being as formed as possible. Excellent. Well, Jamie, thanks again so much for being with us today and and for helping educate folks on what the HIM system Mm -hmm. is, um, both as a profession and as a service. Yep. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Enjoyed it. Thanks so much for listening. The theme music for Chordscast is borrowed with permission from Scott Holmes' song, So Happy. To learn more about Sanford Research and our registry, Chords, visit us at sanfordresearch.org slash chords. We'd love to hear from you. Send us your questions, comments, stories, or feedback to chords at sanfordhealth.org. Find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Sanford Chords. The content of Cast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. We'll see you next time on Cast. <laughs>